you'd think that the origin of the word we use in English for the world's third largest religion would be pretty easy to sort out. And certainly we'd be using the word for the world's oldest religion that the billion people who ascribe to it themselves call it. Well, it's not so simple when it comes to Hinduism. Let's get right into it. I'm Matt McDermott, and this is All About Hinduism, Episode 2. What does the word Hindu mean, anyway? The word Hindu, today, in the 21st century, refers to a self-identified follower of the religion Hinduism. Pretty simple. But as we go back in time, it all becomes a bit more complicated. The word Hindu itself is derived from the Sanskrit word for river, Sindhu. This word gives us the name of the primary river running today through Pakistan, whose origins are high in the Indian Himalaya, the Indus River, or River Indus, depending on the variety of English you speak. The Indus River was one of the primary rivers of the ancient Indian civilization out of which Hinduism arose, now referred to as the Indus Sarasvati civilization, the Sarasvati part referring to another ancient river, mentioned in early texts but which dried up several millennia ago, forcing a migration of ancient people eastward towards the river Ganga, as their former homelands became less habitable. Today this area is largely desert. Sometimes this ancient civilization is referred to by the older term Indus Valley Civilization, which came into fashion before the ancient course of the Sarasvati was discovered in the latter years of the 20th century or possibly discovered, if modern satellite imagery doesn't convince you and you still believe that the Sarasvati is nothing but a figment of Hindu imagination. It was Persians, many centuries after the Sarasvati River dried up, who began describing the people they encountered living near the Indus River and in the vast country beyond it as Hindu. Originally, this word did not specifically refer to a metaphysical and spiritual belief system. Rather, it simply described the people, and by extension the culture of the people, who lived east of Persia, near and beyond the Great River. Over time, with different Muslim groups entering, encountering, fighting with those people living in what would become the modern nations of India, Pakistan, and Bangladesh, the word Hindu began being used to distinguish between the beliefs of Muslims and the non-Muslim people in the area. More recently, over the 19th century, as the Indian independence movement began growing, trying to take back a nation from British domination, first by essentially multinational corporate control in the form of the East India Company, and then by direct colonization, there was an effort to both coalesce the different strands and lineages of Hindu belief into a unified Hinduism, per se, to create a unified force in contrast to colonial power, and to modernize or sort of update and reform Hinduism. This is a highly complex topic, worthy of a series of episodes unto itself, but for now, that's the nutshell how at least in name, the multiple strands of Hindu belief, which had existed and evolved over thousands of years, became an ism. Going back to names themselves. Other terms you'll sometimes hear are either synonyms for Hinduism, or are other umbrella terms for the indigenous religions of ancient India, including Vedic, Sanskritic, Yogic, Indic, and Dharmic. Of these, Vedic definitely refers to Hinduism. Sanskritic can refer to any religion that has used Sanskrit as a language. So anything originating in ancient India when Sanskrit was regularly used. 
Yogic is generally a euphemism for Hindu, but technically, even though yoga as a philosophy and spiritual methodology has its origins in Hinduism, there are also Jain, Buddhist, and Sikh practices that are called yoga and have contributed to Hindu yoga practices. Yogic is thus broader than Hinduism. Indic and Dharmic both can refer to Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, and Sikhism equally. In recent years, however, which of these is the most appropriate is coming under intense academic and community debate. Some of these being purely academic in the pursuit of accuracy and naming, and some of it being related to how these different spiritual communities are asserting identity in relation to one another in contemporary politics in India and South Asia. That may be the biggest nutshell history of how both the people and culture and predominant indigenous religion of ancient India came to be called Hindu, plus some other terms that are sometimes used for these beliefs. So then what about the phrase Sanatana Dharma? Well, the phrase translates to eternal way or eternal path. Remember in the last episode how we touched upon the myriad ways the word Dharma can be translated into English. Using this phrase is preferred by some Hindus today for their beliefs, because it wasn't originally used by people from outside the community, and because it more directly describes them. It implies that they are more than simple beliefs. They're a broader outlook than religion, and that religion is something seen as a concept separate from secular or day-to-day life. Rather, this phrase describes a culture, and a way of living, and a way of relating to all beings. If... Sanatana Dharma is a term that some Hindus prefer to call their spiritual path. We need to talk about one term that I think it's safe to say no Hindu uses for this purpose, but which sometimes gets used as a purported synonym. Brahmanism. Brahmanism is a term dating back to the 16th century, originating with European Indologists, those people who study India, to describe and define Hinduism as a religion made up by and defined by the Brahmin priestly class. Brahminism ceased to be used by a good number of religion scholars by the mid-1980s. Some religion scholars continue to use this term, but by Hindus themselves, as well as by many scholars today, Brahminism is viewed as inaccurate and a colonial-era term that doesn't adequately reflect the breadth of Hindu belief, practice, and society. Why? To start, Brahmanism as a term is not found in any Hindu sacred texts. It's never been used by Hindus to define, describe, or understand their traditions. Its origins as a term and a concept for defining Hinduism are rooted in white supremacy, Christian supremacy, and if that weren't enough, anti-Semitism. When it was coined, Protestant bias and widespread Christian animosity towards Jews as well as popular racist theories about Hinduism's origins were the norm in European approaches to studying Hinduism. These approaches saw the priestly class of Hindu society as manipulating and oppressing the majority of Hindus, and as the torchbearers of a religion that was widely seen as backwards by the main body, if not all, of Christian Europeans. These same scholars equated Brahmins with their counterparts in Jewish society, who were also demonized at the time, you will still sometimes see the term used within very narrow confines by some in academia. Know that doing so outside of this context generally perpetuates outdated, racist, anti-Semitic, and Eurocentric attitudes about Hindus and Hinduism. Fundamentally, Brahmanism discounts Hindu understandings about their own history, philosophy, and tradition, 
The other place you'll hear Brahmanism used today is by neo-Buddhist and South Asian activists, wishing to derogatorily refer to Hindus and Hinduism, trying to erroneously claim that the sum total of Hindu philosophy and culture is oppression of the masses by an upper class of priests. The deep irony is that these same activists will most often strongly and vocally oppose white supremacy and colonialism. Yet, they will happily engage in perpetuating negative attitudes towards Hinduism that originated by the very people they otherwise oppose. That may be a down place to end this episode of All About Hinduism, but there it is. Now that we know how the term Hindu came into being historically, next time on All About Hinduism, we'll be discussing some more, more complex than they might seem topics, such as who is a Hindu? The question of do you have to be born a Hindu? If you listened to episode one, you already know the short answer to that question, but we'll be going into more detail. And the question, can you be a Hindu in some other faith? All in episode three of All About Hinduism. Who is a Hindu? You've made it to the end of this episode of All About Hinduism. The show is produced, written, and edited by me, Matt McDermott. All About Hinduism's academic advisor is Dr. Shreen Bala. Sean Allard is the associate producer. Suhag Shukla reviews each script, making all sorts of helpful notes and suggestions. Before you go, do me a favor. Leave us a nice five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Please also subscribe or follow us. You can get all the new episodes the moment they're released. You can help ensure that more of these get made by making a donation to HAF at HinduAmerican.org slash donate. That's it for now.